0: return of the midweeks hi friends it is saturday so it's time for the playlist of god and we are looking at psalm number seven and as as i understand it psalm number seven is a psalm crying out for justice justice is a big word in our culture today Um, but i think because we don't know God well in our culture, we don't understand justice well. And a lot of justice nowadays is more about revenge, in my opinion, than seeking um, the original idea of justice, which is to restore a wrong. Um, But instead, we have something else. Anyhow, this psalm is David crying out for justice in his situation. And we're going to read it. Um, but some of the things that you might want to be sensitive to, when, as I am when I read this, is hearing David kind of lifting up to God his own righteousness, as in David's own righteous life, as a reason why God should act on his behalf in defense against people who are willing to do unrighteousness. And as Christians, because we know that we're putting all of our trust in the righteousness of Christ to be what God looks upon when we need him to answer our prayers, this can feel a bit strange for us. Um, But I think if we look at this and we realize, number one, David is pouring out his heart. So as he holds up his own righteousness and asks for just judgments against his enemies. Um, This is a pouring out of the heart and not necessarily the highest of theology in every line in comparison to what we have now through Jesus Christ. Um, Number two, all Davidic Psalms have this potential to be messianic which I mean it reflects the Christ who is to come. And Jesus, because of his totally righteous life, was actually able to say to God, behold my righteousness and act on my behalf. And because of his perfection, God does do that for him. And also as Christians, as I was saying, when we cry out for God to act, we actually are looking on him looking to him to act on behalf of Christ's righteous deeds for us. And at the same time, we know that God actually does care That we are doing acts by faith to please him in holiness. And he cares about that and promises to reward our good deeds done by faith. Not because um, we're earning our salvation, but because we have gained salvation in Christ. But we still live this life where God is willing to discipline misdeeds as well as to reward our acts done by faith for his glory. So all that being said, let's read Psalm 7. O Lord my God, in you do I take refuge, save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. Lest, like a lion, they tear my soul apart, rending, rending it in pieces with none to deliver. So here's the problem David is being attacked, and he's being attacked by people who really just want to destroy him. This isn't an accident, this isn't a mistake. They really do have this desire to destroy David, and David is turning to God for deliverance, for rescue from the people who want to see David completely obliterated. Verse three, O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is wrong in my hands, if I have repaid my friend with evil or plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it and let him trample my life to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. Okay, so here is David beginning to say to God, like, I'm living this life of faith expressed in turning away from evil. I understand that if I were an evil person, I understand if that, if I were just as bad as the people that want to destroy me, I wouldn't be able to come to you. In fact, even coming to you um, would be welcoming being destroyed if I'm as unrighteous as these guys. It's kind of like if a bank robber gets shot by the security guard while robbing a bank and then he turns around and goes to the police to ask the police to, to arrest that security guard who shot him. David's saying, if that's me, if I'm the bank robber and I've been shot by the security guard and I come to you and say, give me justice against this security guard, I would expect you to also do justice against me as the bank robber. And so he's saying, if I've been like this, I understand that I would be deserving all of this. But instead, verse 6, he says, Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my enemies. Awake for me. You have appointed a judgment. Let the assembly of the peoples be gathered about you. Over it return on high. The Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to the integrity that is in me. Okay, so here is David's saying like I haven't been like this and so I do want you to arise because my walk of faith with you has been expressing itself in this desire for holiness and this desire for righteousness and so I do want you to arise and protect me from the people who don't want to do that from you. They want to destroy me in their unrighteousness. So rise up and come into judgment. And it just reminds me even when I'm talking about this. Remember Jesus said, Judge not lest you be judged because the measure that you use will be measured against you. He's not actually saying you can never judge. He's just saying when you do, God's going to do a hypocrisy check on you so that if you're judging somebody for what you do, you're going to have God judging you both. And David's saying, hey, when I want you to come and deliver me and judge these people who want to wrongly destroy me, I'm confident that you won't find that I've been trying to do that too. That's what he's saying. Verse 9. O, let the evil of the wicked come to an end, and may you establish the righteous. You who test the minds and hearts, O righteous God. My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge, a God who feels indignation every day. If man does not repent, God will wet his sword. He has bent and readied his bow. He has prepared for him deadly weapons, making his arrows fiery shafts behold the wicked man conceives evil and is pregnant with mischief and gives birth to lies he makes a pit digging it out and falls in the hole that he has made his mischief returns on his own head and his own skull his violence descends okay we've got one more verse there i'll save it and i'll just talk with this so far so having called on the lord for judgment he's expecting god who tests everybody's hearts to find him again probably not perfectly righteous but to confess that David is a man after God's heart and seeking righteousness. And so when he comes, he's going to put an end to the purposes of those who really do want to do injustice in the world. And his faith is this that God is a God of, he's a righteous judge. And he feels indignation every day. And this is a fascinating thing for um, David to say. He said, God is always judging all the world, and God is provoked at the injustice of the world every day and we need to know this we need to have faith in this that whatever we see going on whatever we feel might be an injustice um, we don't need to take that on 100 percent ourselves. we can bring that to god in prayer because god is a righteous judge and he feels the injustices of the world every single day and he's a god who acts in verse 12 david even confesses you know if people don't repent God will wet his sword. He's ready to take action decisively against unrepented wickedness. And maybe we can even look at this and say, how can David stand before God and say, I'm righteous and judge me in my righteousness, even though we know he's a sinner. Maybe it's just this, that he knows that he's able to repent when he does sin and God does forgive him. So we can come to God in this righteousness of, uh, for as a forgiven saint, somebody who's Faith expressing itself through love to God counts, and his sins against God have been forgiven. So maybe that's how we should understand it even more clearly, because he says, even the unrighteous get a chance to repent before God takes action against them. And then he describes how God's justice works, where he often will make The mischief of the wicked act against them. Very often, the very thing that unjust and wicked people are trying to accomplish, God turns that on their own head in order to destroy them. And so when you see kind of like an ironic destruction happen against somebody, that is a way of looking for the justice of God in the world, that people would destroy themselves with their own wicked deeds. Because that's what David's saying. This is how I see God doing justice in the world. The wicked have their own evil plans fall on their head. They make a pit to trap somebody else, but they actually are the ones that fall into the hole that they've made because of the providence and power and justice of God. And then to end it, he says, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. And so this is how he ends. He wants to end with praise because he's brought his desperate situation to the Lord. He's asked God to consider his faith and to respond to his righteousness, the righteousness of somebody who does repent for his sins. And then he sings praise to God, trusting him that God will do what's righteous and that he's going to praise him, because whatever God does, ultimately it will be righteous. And there, it's interesting here. So let's just press pause on that psalm. And we you probably remember David's greatest sin was the incident with Bathsheba, followed up with getting um, Uriah killed in order to cover up the pregnancy he formed with Bathsheba. And there was a major consequence to this. And so one of the things when we're hearing... Um, the heroes of the faith were reading their Psalms, were reading their wisdom, were reading their confessions, and then they don't live up to it in their life. One of the things we can see is that very often their own words, inspired by the Holy Spirit, come to be their own judge. And so in that time where David is in his sin, he's had Uriah killed, and he's got this uh, impregnated, adulterous wife, woman. Um, These this situation does not pan out for him, and that very area where David does wickedness and is mischievous and manipulative, that's what blows up in his face. And then as you read the story onward, it is the sons of David that end up um, contributing to the downfall of David. You have the, the problem with Amnon. And what happened there with his sister, you have Absalom taking over the kingdom. So it's this whole deal of fatherhood, which is the very area that David sinned in greatest with Bathsheba, is also where the 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 consequences reveal itself to David later on. And all that to say, when David is coming to God and declaring him to be a just judge who turns the mischievous deeds of the wicked against them, David is not beyond suffering the consequences of his own wicked um, mischievous deeds. And so we do see the justice of God coming even upon this saint who did a great sin But David does repent, right? If man does not repent, God will wet his sword. David does repent of his sin, and so he is forgiven um, by God, ultimately because of the sacrifice of Christ. And Nathan says in that moment when David confesses his sin that God has put away his sin. And we learn later in Romans chapter 3 that All sin beforehand was forgiven for the sake of the cross of Jesus Christ, who is the true David, who was to come to die for his kingdom, to live this perfect life where Jesus could call down the justice of God and not be destroyed by it, but in his death on the cross, actually be raised from the dead because of the justice of God, while saving sinners through his self sacrifice. So, all that being said, Psalm 7 crying out for the justice of God and seeing that God does work his justice in the world by faith. Be blessed, saints of Christ.